Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome listeners, and thanks for stopping by. In this week's episode, we jump into the Honey Island Swamp with both feet as we seek out the elusive monster said to dwell there. But before we delve into this case, if you're looking for more on the paranormal and supernatural than you get with a a once-a-week episode, why not give the Facebook page a view? The Paranormal Factor Podcast Facebook page is full of great content posted every weekday, Monday through Friday. Mondays are Monster Monday, where we highlight a monster for you, and many of those you may never have heard of before. Tuesdays, we post a paranormal-themed question to you, with the answer given on our next episode, and you'll be getting this week's answer in just a few minutes. Wednesdays, we highlight a paranormal film or book for your amusement. And Thursdays, we share some recent paranormal news from out there in the world. And of course, Fridays are when our episode premieres each week. So please go out to Facebook and search for The Paranormal Factor Podcast and start enjoying some cool paranormal content today. Now, on to our episode and the creature feature that is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. You've been sitting in this swamp, in your swamp waders, for most of the day. The smell of the brackish water and vegetation is tolerable, but you could do without the heat and the mosquitoes. Thankfully, no gators or snakes have made an appearance. All of a sudden, you hear what you have been waiting for, the wailing sound of a creature. That you know immediately is not natural. Your instincts tell you there's a creature of lore and legend that is about to step into your reality. Disturbingly, the sound is closer than you expected and your apprehension grows. All of a sudden, the creature comes into view just 25 yards from where you sit. You choke down a rising panic and stare in awe at what is walking through this bayou, an enormous creature moving through the dense marshland. Towering at a mass of seven feet in height, covered with gray hair, its eyes shining red, And now you can smell it in the stagnant air, a sharp, putrid odor. And it ambles away. You're both parts relieved and awed to have seen it. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, also known as the Cajun Sasquatch, is an ape-like humanoid cryptid creature similar to depictions of Bigfoot, alleged to inhabit the Honey Island Swamp in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. It's become a part of Louisiana folklore, with even swamp tour companies in the area capitalizing on its alleged existence. The lore of Louisiana has always included references to the swamps. The humid, soggy environments are scattered throughout much of the southeastern United States. They host many creatures, snakes, alligators, bugs, you name it, and according to the lore, are home to mysterious monsters. The Honey Island Swamp Monster is one such legend. Folklore says a giant creature haunts this area of the bayou. How did the folklore of this creature start? Well, let's go back to the beginning to better understand the birth of the Honey Island Swamp Monster's legend. 
The Honey Island Swamp is a marshland located in the eastern portion of the state of Louisiana in St. Tammany Parish, fifth most populous parish in Louisiana and one of the fastest growing. Honey Island earned its name due to the abundance of honeybees once seen on a nearby island. It sits just 30 minutes north of New Orleans. The swamp is bordered on the east by the Pearl River and the west by the West Pearl River. It's located within the Pearl River Wildlife Management Area and is managed by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Honey Island Swamp is fed by the aforementioned Pearl River, so named by French explorers after they saw pearls that dotted the river basin. It also was once home to the Chickasaw, Biloxi, Choctaw, and Pensacola nations. The Pearl River Basin itself is an ecological treasure trove and has always served as a rich source of food and resources. It holds the greatest aquatic species diversity in all of Louisiana. And it is one of the least altered river swamps in the United States, considered by many to be one of the most pristine swampland habitats in the country. The Honey Island Swamp covers an area that's over 20 miles long and nearly 7 miles across. Over 35,000 of its 70,000 acres are government-sanctioned as a permanently protected wildlife area. The Honey Island Swamp itself goes hand-in-hand with the island. Land and water are joined by a common shared ecosystem, along with plenty of gators and snakes. Foxes, bears, and bobcats also call it home. And maybe something else. The first documented sighting of the creature took place in early August of 1963. Harlan Ford, a retired air traffic controller, and his friend Billy Ray Mills came home from the swamp with an incredible story. The two hunters claimed that while out in the swamps, they came across a large creature standing over the body of a dead boar. Ford and Mills were looking for a new hunting campsite and noticed a potential camp while flying over a remote area of the swamp outside Slidell, Louisiana. As Ford told it, they were hauling supplies to the new camp when they saw from a distance what seemed to be a large animal on all fours feeding on another animal. Fearing the animal would get frightened and try to attack them, they quickly drew their guns. As soon as they did, the creature stood up on two feet looked them in the eyes, and then took off running. The strange creature had apparently ripped the boar's throat completely out. Ford described the creature as being covered in dingy gray hair, with longer hair hanging from its head. The two estimated the creature weighed close to 400 pounds and stood about 7 feet tall. It also had a surprisingly human-like face. I thought it might be a bear, and then it turned around, Ford would later say. The creature's enormous size and hair was frightening enough, but the amber-colored eyes and horrible stench that reeked from the creature were the two things that stuck in their memories from the frightening encounter. The odor has been called by some the stench of death. While news of the story spread quickly, locals knew about stories of this violent creature that go back hundreds of years. The Native Americans of the area called the creature Latiche, and described it as a meat-eating, human-like creature that lived in the water and on the land. The Indian legend said the swamp monster was once an abandoned child who was raised by alligators in the deep, dark swamp. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, also known as the Louisiana Wookiee, has long been blamed for the deaths of livestock 
and the mysterious disappearances of children in adjacent areas. And in the menacingly primeval swamplands that must look much the same as they did thousands of years ago, the existence of almost any creature seems possible, no matter how ominous. Some researchers believe the Honey Island swamp monster is related to Bigfoot. While the body size and description is very similar, the tracks found in and around Honey Island Swamp do not resemble tracks collected in the Pacific Northwest. They are four- and sometimes three-toed, much like tracks discovered in southeastern Texas and parts of Florida. Casts made by Harlan Ford are about 10 to 12 inches long and have three long, thin toes set next to each other and a fourth set back on the inside like a thumb. Having witnessed something so strange, Ford became determined to spot the creature again. Persisting in gathering evidence for some 10 years, he eventually went back to the location where he first saw the creature. On a trail near a small watering hole, Ford noticed what looked like the aftermath of a fatal fight for survival. Seeing signs of splattered blood on the ground, he crawled through shrubbery to the other side of the watering hole. There he found a wild boar that had just been killed, and, like the encounter many years earlier, also had its throat ripped completely out. Next to the boar was a series of large footprints in the mud. The footprints, which were later cast by Ford using liquid plaster, indicated a massive three-toed webbed foot. Now, some cryptozoologists theorize a webbed foot could make sense as an adaptation for a Bigfoot-like creature if it lived in swamps and spent substantial time in water. Ford took the track castings to the local game warden and Louisiana State University's College of Agriculture to be analyzed, but they could not identify what kind of animal left these tracks. Ford went a step further in trying to find out more about what he saw that day. He decided to bring his camera with him every time he went to his hunting camp. It was thought that he was unable to capture any evidence of the beast on film, until a startling discovery was made years later. When her grandfather passed away, Dana Hollyfield was given a roll of 8mm film labeled Honey Island Swamp Monster that was stored in a box that Ford kept in his home. It had not been seen by anyone besides Ford. The film reveals what Ford was shooting one day from a tree stand he set up. A large bipedal creature is faintly seen in the video roaming the woods from about 100 yards away. Cryptozoologists have analyzed the footage, and while a bit unclear, they haven't ruled out the possibility that it shows the Honey Island Swamp Monster really exists. When asked about her thoughts on the existence of the monster, Holyfield said that if there were a creature like this out there somewhere, Honey Island Swamp would be the perfect place for it. Wildlife and fisheries protect large sections of the swamp, and there are parts of the swamp that man has not yet set foot on, she said. Why did Ford decide not to show anybody what he captured on video? Hollyfield said her grandfather was worried that someone would mistake a fellow hunter for the monster and get somebody hurt or killed. Hollyfield further speculated about her grandfather's decision to not reveal some of his research findings. He was so interested in learning more about what he saw, maybe he learned more than what we thought he did, she said. The creature gained enough of a reputation that it was featured on an episode of the popular TV show of the time, in search of. It would later be featured on the show Lost Tapes, where it attacked a hunter who ultimately survived the attack, and highlighted on the show Cryptids, the Swamp Beast. Because Ford's account aired nationally on In Search Of, the local legend reached a new audience. 
It was monster mania around here, said Hollyfield. Over the ensuing years, the fervor died down a bit. That is, until his wife Yvonne found the video he had recorded stashed in the attic after his death in 1980. The 8mm footage shows what looks like a large man covered in hair walking behind rows of trees in the foreground. But again, as with many of these types of videos, especially on grainy 8mm film, it's difficult to definitively say just what the subject truly is that's meandering through the woods. The family also found a letter Ford wrote describing his encounters, clearly meant for publication, but boxed up along with plaster casts and the video footage. Very curious, yes? If Ford invented the swamp monster for notoriety or hunting rights, why did he hide the majority of his evidence? Evidence he could have presented much earlier to either substantiate his claimed sighting and existence of the creature, or prolong the perpetuation of a spectacular hoax. If Harlan Ford was the be-all and end-all of this story, and the exclusive source of this legend, maybe we could get some closure on this case. But he and friend Billy Ray Mills are not the only witnesses over the years, and the monster has made quite a mark on local culture, and commerce well beyond that 1963 encounter. Unlike other cryptid cases of sightings from homes or cars, we can say definitively most encounters with the swamp creature have occurred in the pursuit of outdoor activities, like hunting, fishing, camping, and canoeing. This is likely due to the more remote location of the Honey Island Swamp. The following are some of the many sightings of the Honey Island Swamp Monster over the years. Denty Crawford was hunting when he crossed paths with the creature. He describes his course of action in this way. That was one swamp critter that I did not want to take a chance and shoot at in case I missed or my bullet didn't phase him. So I quietly backed out of its territory before it spotted me. When the weeds closed in and blocked my view of that big thing, I turned and ran as fast as I could. When I got to my three-wheeler on the other side of that slough, I jumped on and took off out of there. A father and son submitted their story to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization website. They were walking up to the river when they heard a splash. They turned to see a dark, hairy creature, very muscular, standing with its back to them at the river's edge. The creature then pulled a cypress stump out of the mud and threw it into the river. They froze and were dumbstruck. They guessed it caught wind of them because it turned to look directly at them and then walked briskly away down the riverbank. A report posted on the Bigfoot Field Research Organization website tells of a group's experience coming upon the creature feeding after hearing noises in the woods. A moment later, we all screamed in surprise and shock at what we saw. I mean, it looked up at us and just kept right on eating. I remember that by its mannerism, it had no fear of us whatsoever and made no attempt to leave the area or even hide in any way. We continued to watch and then saw the creature stand up and run off on two legs into the woods toward the river. I remember it ran so fast, I couldn't hardly believe it. Dana Hollyfield's book, Honey Island Swamp Monster Documentations, relates the experiences of Freddy. It was a camping trip never to forget, according to Freddy, who was very at home in the swamp. Freddy wasn't after fame in telling his story, since he tries to keep a low profile on his little houseboat in the swamp. Well, I'd taken this girl out to a friend's camp in the heart of Honey Island Swamp. and Nobody hardly used the place, and we thought we'd have a nice little quiet vacation in the wilderness. And when nightfall came, it wasn't quiet at all. 
first we heard a shrieking scream. That raised the hair on my head. That gal I was with got real nervous and asked me to take her back to civilization, but I told her it would not be a good idea to leave in the night. I told her the noise was probably just a bobcat, hoping she'd calm down. The wailing cry came closer to the camp, and it wasn't like any animal I've ever heard in the swamp before. Well, trying not to alarm the lady, I checked the shells in my shotgun. A storm moved in on us, and it started raining real hard. Lightning, thunder, trembling, the tin roof. The animal cries stopped, and we thought the rain sent the creature on its way. But suddenly, a fist smashed through the glass window. It wasn't a human fist. It was a large hand covered with grayish fur, and we both jumped back. The fist drew back and disappeared into the night woods. That gal began to holler, and I told her to keep quiet. I grabbed my shotgun and looked out the broken window, and I could see a group of... Uh, baboon-looking animals roaming around in the rain. And they seemed mad at us for being there. One of the big ones stood up and roared. That's when I got a look at its face, and it was not a baboon. It was a bizarre-looking animal, and it didn't look too friendly. So I stuck my shotgun out the broken window and fired, and they scattered. I opened the door and fired into the darkness all around the camp, and then I quickly went back inside to reload my gun. We listened and waited the big ugly beast did not return the rest of the night, but we didn't sleep a wink. As soon as day broke, that gal made me take her home. I was pretty much ready to go myself, and she never went camping with me again, and I can tell you that I never went to that camp again either. In 1993, a report by an anonymous source was recorded by a member of the Gulf Coast Bigfoot Research Organization. Well, I was squirrel hunting the Pearl River in Honey Island Swap one evening, I guess about 4 p.m., when I exited my vehicle and proceeded on the trail. I sat down a few yards off of the trail and did observe another hunter wearing some green camo walking past me. I hunted here for a short while, and then I began walking the trail. I began walking, and I observed a large brown creature several hundred yards in front of me. Well, I followed it on the trail for about three, four minutes and observed this thing walking erratically from right to left as it proceeded further onto the trail. It was comparable to a large human in size and shape, but solid in frame and appeared to be hairy, but I can't be really sure. It definitely was not the other hunter. To my knowledge, there were no other hunters in this particular area except for the one I mentioned who was wearing green. I know for a fact this was very odd and definitely out of the ordinary, I tried to dismiss what I saw, but couldn't, because I definitely know what I observed. I, I don't believe it was a human being from my observations. I'm not saying what I saw was a swamp monster, but it was definitely strange, and I mean strange. Dan White is a swamp settler who had contact with a creature that he believed was the swamp monster. He had been out on the main Pearl River running trot lines one night and was heading back to his houseboat to skin the catfish he had caught. The moon was full, so he wasn't using his lights. Suddenly, his boat hit something in the water that caused his motor to shut off. At first, he thought it was a stump, until he saw the silhouette of something crawl out of the river. When it stood up on two feet, he thought it might have been a person, and so he yelled, Hey, are you okay? Whatever it was didn't answer. It just limped into the woods. Dan's gut feeling was that a human wouldn't be swimming in that part of the river at dark. He turned on his light and shined it on the sand, looking for a blood trail. There was some blood, but the footprints alongside it 
were not human. They were the same types of tracks found back in 1974. Dan said, I decided I better not go after it in the dark. He returned to his boathouse and told a friend. They planned to go back in the morning and look for it. Unfortunately, it rained that night and washed away any evidence. Dan won't deny it if you ask him, but he's not the type to go around making up tall tales just for the impact. Well, I don't care whether or not people believe in the Honey Island Swamp Monster, said Neil Benson, owner of Pearl River Echo Tours. There are a lot of things in life that we believe in that we haven't seen, like God. I don't know what it was. I just know I saw something that day. Benson doesn't claim he saw what people call the Honey Island Swamp Monster, but he described something similar. Well, I was 16 years old, paddling away from my duck blind, and I saw something tall moving, unlike any creature I've seen move on two legs through water, unimpeded. It was not a bear, and it wasn't like any man I've seen, he said. Another man named Ted Williams claimed to have seen the creature many times. He even believed there to be multiple swamp monsters. Well, I could have killed him, Williams said, but I didn't, because they didn't seem to want to harm me. One day, Ted took his boat out in the swamp to fish. He was never seen again. Often people have maintained their silence or learned not to share their experiences due to outright ridicule or the fear of it. Ted Williams encountered the monster but kept the experience mostly to himself for fear of being ridiculed. And I don't like to talk about it because 47 people don't believe what you say, what you've seen, and I don't like to be called a liar. Nobody does. Harvey Hood describes his friend's reactions in this way. So I went back to camp, and when everybody came back, I told my story. And they thought I was crazy. They made fun of me all night. But they noticed I did sleep with my shotgun that night. Sometimes known as The Thing by area fishermen, Dr. Paul Wagner, a local wetlands ecologist, simply calls the swamp monster Wookie. You know, I have an open mind about it. I, I don't say it does or doesn't exist. But there's certainly a remote and impenetrable area in this swamp. So if a creature exists, that is the place for it. He recognizes that most of the stories are hearsay, but he talked to a commercial fisherman who claims to have seen Wookie firsthand. It's reported that when the creature saw the fisherman, he gave a loud shriek and disappeared into the underbrush. Wagner adds, It can get kind of spooky at night. I mean, sometimes you don't know what you're hearing. Although the swamp abounds with bird calls of great blue herons, white ibis, snowy egrets, and others, maybe some of those mysterious sounds are from Wookie. Well, could be, he admits. Actually, I was fishing near a cane break one night and heard some footsteps. And I'll tell you, whatever it was, it sounded big. I turned to see the cane spreading apart. So I got out of there. Maybe it was Wookie, but I sure didn't hang around to find out. Not everyone considers the monster real. At the same time, any skepticism certainly hasn't discouraged or deterred locals from making a living with the Honey Island Swamp Monster as the main attraction. Area residents came forward to challenge Harlan Ford, claiming he and his friends created the Swamp Monster to secure their hunting territory. Maybe they were bored or just wanted to boost the local economy. Someone had a shoe with a Swamp Monster track glued on the bottom and said that Ford and his friends walked around the swamp making the footprints, said Ford's granddaughter Dana Holyfield. Ford never stopped searching for the monster, but retreated from the public eye following the criticism. Many informants who have encountered the creature personally believe it to be some kind of creature that has yet to be scientifically identified. 
One of the strangest legends surrounding the Honey Island Swamp Monster revolves around a train wreck which allegedly occurred near the Pearl River in the early part of the 20th century. According to this legend, the train was full of exotic animals from a traveling circus which fled into the swamps after the train derailed. While most of the creatures would soon perish in the harsh swampland, the legend goes on to tell us that a troop of chimpanzees managed to survive and even went as far as to interbreed with alligators. The result was a strange colony of reptilian-like mammals. Of course, I mean, this is impossible because monkeys and alligators cannot interbreed. In the Honey Island Swamp Monster belief tradition, there are certainly possibilities of more mundane explanations. Number one, the stories have developed from oral tradition and no personal encounters have occurred. For them, Beliefs stem from the stories told by people over the course of many years. They're the product of oral tradition. Dr. Paul Wagner also does not believe in the existence of the Honey Island Swamp Monster. He rationalizes his beliefs with knowledge that remote areas lead to stories of phenomena, perhaps to keep other people away. Kurt Burnett, a wildlife biologist in southern Louisiana, clarified it best when he asserted that without proper documentation, the Rougarou, the ape man, the wild man of the swamp, can be considered only legend. Number two, encounters with the Honey Island swamp monster are actually mistaken encounters with misperceived animals or humans. Captain Ben Aiken asserts that the swamp at night provides the perfect environment for eyewitnesses to mistakenly see a Honey Island swamp monster. But I guarantee, if I brought y'all out here at night and you saw a 300-pound hog or a 12-foot alligator with reddish-orange eyes, you'd think you'd seen the Honey Island Swamp Monster for sure. There's also the possibility encounters with the Honey Island Swamp Monster are actually mistaken encounters with humans. Dana Hollyfield reveals that some believe the creature to be an old man hiding from civilization. Others argue more specifically that the Honey Island Swamp Monster is an escaped prisoner, or perhaps one suffering from a medical condition. Number three, stories about the Honey Island Swamp Monster are lies evolved from attempts to frighten or guide children away from the dangers of the swamp. We've seen this many times with other legends, parents telling their children stories to keep them away from dangerous situations. And four, those who report experiences with the Honey Island Swamp Monster are victims of hoaxes. One popular explanation for reported sightings of the Honey Island Swamp Monster is the belief that some individual or individuals have been playing tricks on others by creating fake footprints or dressing up in costumes. Reporter Ed Martin spent a great deal of time interviewing Harlan Ford and familiarizing himself with Ford's accounts. Martin does not believe that Ford himself was a hoaxer, but he keeps himself open to the possibility that perhaps Ford fell victim to the hoax of someone else. I don't believe that Harlan stayed at home one night and watched a movie and said, hey, this is a great idea, let's do this, Martin said. Many believe that hoaxing is a possible explanation for some encounters, but perhaps not all. Monster buffs, however, will follow traditions of belief, believe that while hoaxing might be possible for a number of humanoid sightings, it cannot possibly account for all of them. Culture might shape some, but not all of the experiences. In short, as is often the case with regional cryptids, they begin taking on a life all their own that doesn't always require something as trivial as facts or evidence. 
Now, whether or not it exists, there is no denying that the Honey Island Swamp Monster has been good business for local people. Several tour companies, most operating out of the Slidell Pearl River area, take visitors into the Honey Island Swamp. While the tours focus primarily on the wildlife and plant development of the Honey Island Swamp, many include references to the Honey Island Swamp Monster in their tours and as a portion of their advertisement. Dr. Wagner's Honey Island Swamp Tour has contributed more to the commodification of the belief tradition than any other tour company in the area. Employee Sue Wagner says, We do not either believe nor disbelieve in the existence of a swamp monster per se. Our philosophy has been to answer questions as necessary with what is available, not to promote the creature's existence. Dr. Paul Wagner adds to this by saying that they use the Honey Island Swamp Monster to further knowledge of Louisiana culture and folklore. However, the company does promote the creature's popularity, especially through its website. There's even a Honey Island Swamp Monster homebrew, a Russian imperial stout made by Nikomata Brewing Company. A documentary film was released on DVD in 2011 by Dana Hollyfield. Hollyfield ventured deep into the Honey Island Swamp to search for new evidence of the legendary creature. She confronted several key eyewitnesses who live in the swamp, but were reluctant to talk about their encounter. She also located Billy Ray Mills, who was with Ford on the hunting trip when they came face to face with the swamp monster. Mills tells of their encounter for the first time on camera. Before Harlan Ford met the Honey Island Swamp Monster, Cajun legends about the werewolf Rougarou and ghostly trickster Luton were whispered around the swamps for centuries. Whatever mysterious creatures may reside here in the dark, many locals believe they deserve to reign undisturbed. Harvey Hood explained his thoughts about lack of discovery. In the Honey Island Swamp, there's places out there man has never stepped foot in. It's 100 square miles of swamp, so there could be anything in there. Whatever they do, they do it good because there's nothing. No bones have ever been found. You've never heard of one getting run over or hit or something like that. So these creatures are very intelligent, whatever they are. Hollyfield has spent most of her life searching for the same creature as her grandfather. She's written books and produced documentaries detailing encounters across the Honey Island Swamp. I do this work because I believe my grandfather's story. It matters whether or not it's real because if it's not real, a lot of people living around here would be crazy and have seen things that just aren't there, she said. Harlan Ford argued that because of the vast size of the swamp, and the fact that there are many areas that have never been explored by man. The creature could stay in there for another 200 to 300 years and never be located. In fact, the area in Louisiana where the Honey Island Swamp creature is said to live is still largely unexplored, and the creature could hide there for a long, long time. Well, in our next episode of the Paranormal Factor podcast, we investigate the Berkshires UFO incident, a case involving a UFO sighting by dozens of witnesses and the purported alien abduction of children. 
An unidentified flying object was spotted by multiple people on September the 1st, 1969 in Great Barrington, Sheffield, Stockbridge, and Egremont, all part of Berkshire County, known as the Berkshires, in Massachusetts. Along with multiple eyewitnesses, this strange incident included people who said they were taken and later returned by the UFO. When bright lights appeared on the horizon, a family was forced to pull their car over. They watched as a large object rose silently into the air and darted over the mountains. A few miles away, a terrified girl cowered in the back seat of their family car, while her father chased a flying object that fit the description of the one seen by the other family. Join us as we investigate a terrifying UFO encounter and the astonishing aftermath, next time on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. And now it's time for the episode quiz. Indeed, it is time for the episode quiz. And here is your question. What were the Phoenix Lights? Were they A, ghost orbs, B, UFO sightings, C, mineshaft mystery lights, or D, green glowing cacti? Once again, what were the Phoenix Lights? Were they A, ghost orbs, B, UFO sightings, C, mineshaft mystery lights, or D, green glowing cacti? And the answer is... B, UFO sightings. On the evening of March 13, 1997, thousands of people across Arizona, parts of Nevada, and as far south as Sonora, Mexico, reported eyewitnessing two separate incidences of unidentified flying objects, UFOs. Lights of varying descriptions were seen by a multitude of people between 7.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time in a space of about 300 miles from that Nevada line through Phoenix to the edge of Tucson. The earliest event involved a lit-up V-shaped object that witnesses reported first appeared in the northern Arizona towns of Prescott and Dewey around 8 p.m. The object then allegedly headed south in the direction of the point of the V towards Tucson. This stunning sight across the Arizona sky delighted and probably frightened hundreds if not thousands of people that Thursday night. The V-shape, maybe a massive ship that was miles wide, flew right over Phoenix. Fast forward almost 25 years, and we still don't know what the Phoenix lights were, but now a lot more people are taking them and UFOs seriously. For more on the Phoenix lights, check out Season 1, Episode 12 of the Paranormal Factor Podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by. <laughs>